welcome back to Wish You All the Best, a personal podcast about modern dating. I'm Scott Simmons, your host, um, and this time I uh, had the opportunity to chat with Courtney Boyer. Uh, Courtney is an author uh, and a coach. Um, she focuses uh, on uh, women in relationships who um, uh, are having trouble with uh, sexual desire. Um, her book is called Not Tonight, Honey, uh, appropriately. Uh, why women actually don't want sex and what we can do about it. Um, Courtney's expertise and her primary area of interest is, you know, about women uh, in relationships. And the focus of this podcast is mostly uh, men who are looking to get into relationships. So <laughs> at first, it doesn't seem like maybe the perfect, uh, uh, <laughs> the perfect match, but I think it's actually not true. Um, I think there's a lot to... Um, well, I really love that conversation and I think there's a lot that, um, a lot of understanding there. Um, yeah, that's really, really, really valuable. Um, as you've, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you've heard me say this a whole bunch, uh, that I think men and women in dating, uh, really benefit from understanding where the other side is coming from and, um, Courtney's expertise and what she brings to the conversation here and what she brings, uh, and the understanding that she brings in her book. Uh, I think are all really, really valuable for men. So um, yeah, I hope you enjoy the conversation. I certainly did. Um, I will say we tried to record this once previously. Courtney's in Germany um, and the internet uh, broke for us the last time we tried to record this. And so there's a whole conversation that uh, unfortunately you'll never hear because the recording broke. Um, so we hear, you'll hear us talk a little bit about that. Um, but uh, I thought this one was a lot of fun, even better, honestly. Um, so, I, yeah, I really hope you enjoy it. Um, yeah, and with that, uh, here's my conversation with uh, Courtney Boyer. Awesome. Amazing. Courtney Boyer, welcome back to Wish You All the Best. Um, uh, uh, we tried once before, and we had audio technical difficulties. Everyone is just going to have to take my word for it. We had an amazing conversation that they're never going to hear, um, but let's have another one. How are you? Yes. Sounds great. Thank you, Scott. I'm excited to be back and excited to chat with you again. You're you're the, you're the first uh, uh, second guest that I've had yes. where no one gets to hear the first one. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. So you, Courtney Boyer, you're an author. Um, uh, uh, you're a uh, uh, therapist. Is that the right... So I'm, I'm a trained therapist, but I'm not yeah. licensed anymore. So I consider myself a coach now. Got it. Got it. Got it. And, th and that's because you've been moving between different places. Like you're being licensed yeah. in, you're in Germany right now. So yes. it's a whole different mm -hmm. thing. Yeah. Fascinating. Um, you have a book. Your book is called Not Tonight, Honey. I can, you can hear it. I'm holding it. Okay. Um, uh, Not Tonight, Honey, Why Women Actually Don't Want Sex and What We Can Do About It. Um, I've read through some of it, skimmed all of it, uh, uh, um, and I love it. I got to say, I love your writing style. Oh, I love, thank you. I love. It's a very kind of conversational approach to a very sensitive issue. Um, yeah, and I love that. Um, thank you. I will say it's definitely not aimed at me, right? This is a book mostly aimed, I think, at women mm -hmm. um, uh, who are in relationships and experiencing difficulties with um, feeling desire. Is that fair? Yeah, I think it's fair. When I was writing the book, I would say it's predominantly aimed at heterosexual women or, mm. you know, people, individuals who identify as women. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I have been surprised by how many men have actually read the book and how they've actually really appreciated reading a book that wasn't written towards 
them, but towards their female partners. And so they felt like they gained a lot of insight from it because they were able to see a woman's perspective and some of the struggles that a woman goes through that they just really had no idea existed. I love that. Let's put a big old pin in that. We're going to come back to that real soon. Um, Yeah, awesome. Okay, So you've been featured in all kinds of cool publications, Parents, Mm -hmm. The Huffington Post, Cosmopolitan, The Independent, all kinds of legit, super amazing stuff. I just want to like pump you up there a little bit. Super cool. Um, And yeah, the book is called Not Tonight, Honey. If you're interested in this stuff, definitely go and grab it. Um, Yeah, awesome. Okay, so... um, so this book, yeah, is mostly aimed at difficulties that women face. Um, I don't want to say it's only for women. I do, I, yeah, I, I, as a cis-et dude, uh, have learned a lot reading it. Um, but yeah, it is focused on on women, mostly in relationships. My podcast is mostly, um, I try to make it, uh, conversations to help men navigate mm-hmm. modern dating. So in a way, we're kind of like on opposite ends of the sort of two-by-two matrix. Mm-hmm. But I do think there's a lot of awesome overlap here. I think there's... Um, I think it's so important for men and women to understand what dating is like, what relationships are like too, but what dating is like for the other side, because I think, I think we miss a lot of that context. And I think that gets us in a lot of trouble and gets in the way of us actually connecting with each other. Um, so to kind of, to set the stage and there's no way to summarize this on (laughs) on a podcast, but to set the stage here, um, one of the big, uh, truths that, that one of the big things this book covers um, is women, uh, and I'm going to get this a little bit wrong, but women experience, I would say like a variety of forces, a variety of pressures that can lead to them, um, not feeling in touch with their sexuality, their, their desires. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's things like purity culture, um, uh, 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 m- media, I would say entertainment and advertising, um, and a whole bunch of stuff, whole bunch of stuff. I couldn't possibly list them all. Um, and all of these things, uh, uh, impact women, um, adult women every day, but also these things impact young girls starting way, way too early. Like just to kind of set the stage with, with, a, with a broad, broad strokes. Um, is there anything in there? I want to hand the mic to you. Is there, is there anything in there that is top of mind for you or something that you feel like is worth touching on, um, uh, for this audience, um, or just anything that's kind of top of mind for you right now? about those forces that like women have to deal with that maybe make them feel not as in touch with their sexual desire. Yeah. I think one of the things that I would love your listeners to understand or just really anybody um, is that one of the things that women really struggle with is this idea of prioritizing pleasure. And that's a lot of that is comes from this, you know, belief that, and I did not come up with this theory, and I talk about it in the book. I can't remember. I think her name is Kate something, but she talks about this idea of human givers versus human beings, and this where human beings are pre- honestly predominantly men, and women are the human givers. And so, so much of our life is spent looking pretty and being pleasant and being people pleasers and saying yes to things that we really don't want to, and you know, giving pleasure away and shrinking our bodies and and fitting into this mold that we think the human beings want us to be. And in that process, we lose ourselves, we disconnect from ourselves, and we don't believe that we are deserving of pleasure and goodness and all of these amazing things. And I think that that's one of the big 
takeaways. I hope people realize, you know, whether it's whoever, whatever gender reads the book that they are like, ah, I get it. Why some women are feeling so disconnected from their themselves and from their bodies and from their sexuality, because this message is so pervasive. And and as you addressed in different forms through purity culture and media and all of the things. I was just skimming that section before we, before we hopped on and I was trying (laughs) to find her name. Um, yeah. So the, yeah, the human giver, human being like mm-hmm. dichotomy kind of blew my mind, mm-hmm. right? Because I'm me and, and in, in that, in that kind of paradigm, I've never been, I mean, I, I think I'm, you know, my therapist could talk about this a bunch, but I'm, I'm probably a, a bit of a people pleaser in some ways. That's mm-hmm. a whole different thing. But, but this like human giver, human being dichotomy, like I, it's hard for me to wrap my head around what it's like to be a human giver, right? Mm-hmm. Because it really is, as you describe it, um, I mean, I, I don't want to say dehumanizing, but kind of dehumanizing. Like oh, it's absolutely. really prioritizing yeah. men. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> how how would you go about, if, if, if I were, uh, I mean me, how would you go about helping me to understand how to empathize with, with a woman who is, who is really feeling that human giver pressure, someone who's being told, pleasure is not for you. It's for the guys. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think one of the things I would do is really pay attention, especially in those early conversations. Like I'm trying to apply it to your audience, you know, so like, okay, we're talking about men and dating and how they can like increase their awareness of maybe women who find themselves in this human giver syndrome or human giver place and really paying attention to, um, you know, passivity you were like, oh, it doesn't matter, like whatever you want. And, you know, I think that there's a difference between being easygoing and not feeling like you have the right to advocate for your own needs. Yeah. Like that's, that's a big difference. And so really trying to help them to understand, like, is this really what you want? Or is this what you feel like you think of that I want? And so you want to please me. And therefore you're just saying this because that is what you've, been taught you're supposed to do like it's it's one of those weird like do I really like this or have I just been conditioned to like this and Mm -hmm. how do I tell the difference so um I think that being aware seeing how how they advocate for their own pleasure you know whether that's inside the bedroom or outside the bedroom you know when you ask them questions of like how do you like to be loved how do Mm -hmm. you how does it how do you feel safe you know those questions how they react to those like nobody's ever asked me that before okay, like that's a great sign to be like, hmm, it's interesting. Why is that like not a normal conversation that you've had with other people where your needs are being considered? Yeah. Wow. How, okay. And and I'm just segueing into our next kind of topic here. Um, For a guy who's dating, for a man who's dating, um, you know, it's, it's inevitable. You are going to, because this impacts I think it's fair to say most women, the people you're dating are experiencing this. They they are feeling these pressures. There's a there's a really, really good chance that that person yeah. you're going out on a first date with is someone who feels this pressure to be a human giver and not a human being. What do I, I mean, so, so okay. So first of all, I, I just kind of want to like define why I think that's not the desirable state, right? Which is, right. which is a little maybe obvious, but I think it's worth kind of digging in, right? Because for me as a guy, well, maybe at, at first pass you would think, oh no, that's great because then someone is giving me pleasure. I like pleasure. 
A plus plus. Let's do that. Mm-hmm. But but of course that's not the case, right? That's not what you want because I think in a relationship you want to feel seen and understood, and you want to see and understand your partner. Yeah. The same way you want to see and understand your friends, but like romantic relationships, depending on what you're into and how you're wired, you know, can be a really, really important, fulfilling relationship in your life, right? Mm-hmm. So I I I want the person across the, the woman across the table from me to feel comfortable telling me what brings her pleasure, telling I want to understand how she experiences the universe and what what makes her happy. And I want to know those things because I want to feel I want to see her, right? Yeah. Okay, so that's my thesis for why uh, 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 that human giver, human being split is bad. Uh, so then the question is, how do I, what is a guy who's in the early days of dating or just out there trying to find connection? How do you, is that something you can sort of account for? Or is, is that something that you should even have on your like dashboard in early dating? Or is this really something that you really can only get into later. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think there's elements of it that you can get into kind of early on, uh, but you know, it's, it's very much like an onion, even for myself. Like when I've dated, like, I feel like I do a really good job of advocating for my needs of, you know, prioritizing my pleasure, but I would be lying if I did not recognize how deep the, this, like I grew up in the in the church, especially the evangelical Christian church, where it was very emphasized that women are helpmates. And so that is like the definition of the human giver. And so there's this part of me still, it's very, 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 very small than what it used to be, but sometimes she gets pretty big of where I'm not serving. I'm not helping enough. I'm not being a good helpmate. I'm, I'm elevating myself above my partner and, um, so yes, even somebody who's evolved and done the work like those that can go really, really deep and affect how we show up. But I think one of the things that keeps coming to mind, like I think of, you know, early dating conversations and, you know, what men can say in conversations is like, I'm looking for an equal. Mm. Like I'm not looking mm. for somebody to serve me. I'm not looking for somebody to, you know, be to control. Like I'm looking for somebody that is my equal. Like we mm. respect each other. We love each other. We, we serve each other both out of love and respect. And um, if, if you don't think that you're able to do that, and I don't think you can be an equal when you're a human giver. Mm. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Um, yeah. Well, okay. I guess, I guess kind of on that note, what are there, are there other things? So, so aiming at sort of the audience of, of, mm-hmm. of, men dealing with modern dating, is there like advice or guidance or like, is there something that you um, would say if like, if there, if there's a, a youngish or I don't know, if there's any man in your life who you care about, who you want to succeed in this stuff, who you want to find connection, what wisdom would you give him or what, what would you hope for him to understand to, to help him kind of navigate, um, you know, I, I would say again, the, these like forces that impact women that I think a lot of guys can be oblivious to, you know? I think something to keep in mind, and this is not very sexy, so you're like, this is going to sound really weird, but like when you are sitting across from someone, and obviously we're talking in heterosexual terms right now, um, is to really honor the little girl that's sitting across from you. Because really inside of all of us, like, and that's, I would say the same thing to a woman sitting across from, like really honor that little boy 
that's sitting across from you that just wants to be loved, that just wants to be valued, that wants to matter. And so that's really what we forget that, that we're dealing with the inner child of us and the wounded parts of us that have just been longing to be seen and valued. And really that's what ends up sabotaging so much of our relationships is when we don't honor those parts of us, we try to hide them. Mm. And it's not that I'm saying, you know, like, let your crazy fly, like right away. Like, obviously, like, hopefully you get your shit together and you're not like, okay, like, these are all my problems. Like, love me anyways. Um, (laughs) But I think that that's something that like I, so I have three kids, my oldest two are girls and my youngest is a boy. And, you know, that's one thing that I want, that I will remind him is that when you go out with a woman or a girl, what, you know, whenever you start dating, like try to honor that little girl inside of her because Mm. she is valuable and vulnerable and is looking a lot of times for validation that she didn't get somewhere. And so if you can keep that in mind and think about the baggage and the wounds that she has from those earlier experiences, that's going to help kind of keep perspective of like, this is what I'm, I'm getting myself into. Yeah. Isn't it wild that like, so, so I've done um, a fair amount of like inner child work with mm-hmm. my therapist. And and I will say when I first started talking about that stuff, when I first started understanding it, there was a big part of me that was like, okay, this is way too woo woo. Oh, su- super woo. Yep. <laughs> I, I cannot, I cannot imagine like, you know, a seven year old tiny me, you know, like th- that whole imaginative exercise was it was like, uh, yeah, I think at first I was like, okay, I'll talk about this for half an hour and then we'll we'll never do this again. But of course, that t- turned out to actually be very, very valuable for me. So um, that's really cool to hear you say that because that work for me has been very meaningful in my own growth. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I, that's a great reminder. Like everyone, you know, I think has that or everyone, that, that, that lens can be a really, really useful way um, for us to understand each other. I think that's yeah. really awesome. Um, right. Yeah. Well, okay. You've got such good answers for all of these. Um, uh, before we pivot into, well, I don't know. Do you, what do you want to talk about? Do you want to, is there more in here that, that, that is worth, uh, chewing on or do you want to pivot into, um, uh, your dating life? <laughs> <laughs> I'm up for whatever. I think, I mean, I, I keep trying to think of like, how can I best serve your audience? And like, what are like some of the really great takeaways that like I would, if I was a man dating, you know, like what are the things? Here, Go ahead. Here's something maybe. So, okay. Early dating. You know, this happens. You, you match with somebody on the internet. Uh, things go pretty well. You're clicking. You're able to have a conversation. And there's that sort of question in the air. Maybe it's the first date if you're going really fast and there's lots of chemistry. Maybe it's the third date if you're a slow burner. Whatever. I'm not, I'm not judging the rate at which things get physical for anybody. Mm-hmm. But there's often that question early-ish in dating. When do we start, you know, touching lips and other parts, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> yeah. Um. And I know it's I know it's different for everybody, but I, I think a question that, that is that I think is often just sort of like a, a I don't want to say like a black box, but but something that I, I I often find myself questioning like when is it appropriate or when is like I, I, let, me, let me put it this way I think in modern dating Western culture probably um, men are the sort of romantic initiators mm-hmm. by default, and and I I don't love that, and I hope like in years in the future, that's not the case. But I think it's fair to say that that is often the case now. Yeah? Yes. And so I find that it often falls to me 
to kind of make the decision about when we should start, like the first kiss, you know, when, mm-hmm. when things should start getting physical, at what rate they should start getting physical. And something that I think is really interesting to me about this topic of like all these forces that that impact women and their sexual desire um, that I'm really kind of oblivious to because they really aren't aimed at me. Um, I, for me, it's, it's, it's a really murky area because it's so much that I don't understand. And yet me first initiating and making a proposal that's like, hey, maybe we should touch faces now, you know, like, however, I'm going to say that on that date, right? Like it, it, that is, of course, tied up with and touches all of those forces that, that are mm. that are telling the, uh, the the very wonderful person who I'm trying to connect with. Uh, she's experiencing those forces that, that I'm not. How do I, I'm going about this a long way, sorry. But you know what I mean? Like how how can I possibly begin to account for those or how can I navigate those um, in, a, in a way that moves towards being healthy? And, 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 I, and I do mean that like being respectful. I do want to be respectful, uh, you know, making space for her. I do want to do that. But really ultimately the reasons I want to be respectful of her and the reasons I want to accommodate those things is because those things are getting in the way of me actually connecting with this person. Does that make Mm -hmm. sense? So how do I do that? Yeah, I think so. I totally understand what you're saying. Um, Because of that, because of all of that, like, uh, I don't want to say drama, but like that story that goes through a lot of men's heads. I know for me, I was very upfront when I was dating. I would be like, hey, look, like, I want to kiss on the first date. Like, I expect you to kiss me. If you don't, I'm not going to, I'm not going to kiss you. Like that's, yeah. so I prefer to not wait like four hours before you finally kiss me. Like I'm a very physical person. And so touching and hugging and kissing and like those things help me feel connected to the person that I'm interested in. So I mm. share that very upfront. If you do not have somebody like that, you know, I think that's a fair question to ask. Like, what are your thoughts on on physical touch on the first date or kissing on the first date, right? If you say physical touch, they may think that that's like a euphemism for sex. Um, right. And not that there's anything wrong with sex on the first date. I, I don't think that there's a hard and fast rule. Um, my partner, when we had our first date, like he had no plans on kissing me. Uh, mm-hmm. And I was like, what? What? Like I was like <laughs> appalled by this. He's like, well, I wanted, I wanted to, us to have something to look forward to, and I was like, there's a whole lot we can look forward to. Kissing's not one of them. <laughs> and so it was right. Like he had the best of intentions, and I think that a big thing for me was that I, I want to feel safe in my relationships, and he saw that physical intimacy would maybe cause me to question the safety of our relationship. Like if uh, an accelerate, like if he went too fast and I would feel unsafe. And so yeah. we had a great discussion about that. And so I think even telling your partner that like, Hey, I don't want to push you too, too quick, too fast. I, I want you to feel safe with me. I want you to feel respected by me. And I also want you to know that I really desire you. And I really want to connect with you physically. Like, would it be okay if I kissed you? Would it? Oh, wow. I like that. I love that. Yeah. I love that you are so, I mean, I, I think it's fair to say that you are in many ways exceptional with how in touch you are with your own. I mean, is that fair? I, I, in my experience, I have not encountered many women who are as articulate and as, uh, I, I would say, courageous 
um, yeah. with with expressing that. Because I mean, that does take a lot of courage, right? Women, th- there is the physical yes. safety aspect of it as well, right? A woman yes. who is out at a bar, th- right? right? Right. Yes. Um. Yeah. So so okay. I guess if I'm hearing you right, like finding like navigating my way. If I'm the guy on the date, navigating my way to having that conversation, um, it's kind of the way to go. Like, do it with your word. Use your words is basically yeah, the upshot. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. And hmm. I have been told that I'm um, uncommon <laughs> in some respects because of that. They they will ask me, they're like, are, are you Dutch? Because you're so direct and honest. And I'm like, no, I just don't play games. Like, yeah. I just am like very, like, I know what I want. I know what I'm looking for. I know what I have to offer. So like, I'm, this is, this is what I want. And if that's not what you want, that's okay. Like, we're not going to take this personally most of the time. Um, (laughs) So, yeah. I'm over here in LA. Are the Dutch like particularly like blunt people? I don't even know. They're very, they're very direct and very blunt and super nice. Like they're the Canadians of Europe, but they (laughs) will just be like, tell you what they think. And in a very straight way. To the point. That's it. You're like, okay, okay. yeah. There, you will know how you feel about or how they feel about you. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I mean, I, I want a world for me, but no, that's going to happen. But for the next generation, I, I want a world where both men and women can find ways to express their desires and and, and communicate and find like where they fit right because that's the yeah. goal right you want to find somebody who, you, who you're going to fit with who's looking for what you're looking for because then you're both getting what you're looking for and you have the opportunity to to dig deeper and see what grows there and do all that awesome complicated yes. stuff mm-hmm. and so much of that is is tied up in you know me not like i just said me the guy not feeling comfortable saying what he's supposed to say either because he's obeying rules of purity culture mm-hmm. or because he's uh, afraid to to be seen as like a a you know a a predator or like a like a a danger right yeah um yeah anyway I yeah 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 I I guess it just takes a little bit of like I don't want to say like skill but like so I guess maybe it is fair to say skill like is it fair to say it, it takes a little bit of skill to be somebody who when meeting someone for the first or second time, you can say, hey, listen, this is going great. Um, I thought our conversation about the clown shoes was hilarious. And it, just to kind of say, like, I'm going to get this totally wrong on the spot. But like, I like you. I think you're great. I'm feeling attracted to you and I feel desire for you. I just want you to know that. Would it be okay for me to kiss you? Like that kind of thing. And like probably being ready to hear no, right? Like being mm-hmm. ready to hear someone say like, I have to pump the brakes. I'm not there yet, right? Mm-hmm. I think it's fair to say that takes a little bit of like courage and maybe skill because I think there's probably a lot of ways to do that wrong, right? I think yeah, it depends really on what your intention is. Like hmm. I the the less confident and the more murky your intentions are, the the worse the delivery is going to be. Hmm. But if you know like man, I really like this girl and like I want her to know that like I'm serious about this or I'm interested in getting to know her more or whatever the intention is, like be clear in that and then, then communicate like what those intentions are. Like I've had guys who have just been very flat out, like, wait, can I, I can't remember if I can swear on this. Can I swear on this? Oh yeah. yeah, Okay. 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 I've had guys flat out, just flat out be like, I just want to fuck you. 
And I'm like, okay, um, appreciate the honesty. But I did. I appreciated the flat out. Wasn't my, like, wasn't my style. I didn't like, that's not how you get in bed with me. But like, I was like, okay, sir, I see that you were direct to the point. He was also Dutch, um, direct to the point, like really (laughs) honest. And he was prepared to hear no. And it's like, okay, cool. Like whatever. But if you are looking to connect with someone, I really don't think that connect with the right person, meaning the right person for you. I don't think that you can necessarily say it wrong. It's really the energy that you're putting into it. And even just admitting like, I don't know how to say this. Like, I I really like you. I really want you. And I really don't want to make you uncomfortable, but gosh, I would love to kiss you right now. Mm. Right. That's so, so sweet. You're just right. You're just wrapping, you're just wrapping it up in honesty. And I don't know any woman unless she's like not very kind. And then I probably wouldn't like her anyways, but th- who would be like, uh, like what, why didn't you just kiss me? Why did you have to say all of that? Like, okay, you know what? Then you're not for me. Like, because yeah. that's who I am. I'm a vulnerable, complicated, not articulate human that is going to mess things up. And if that is like a turnoff for you, then like, let's end this now. Okay, cool. Thanks. Right. You saved me a lot of time. Yeah. In a way you're, you're filtering out the people who aren't, who aren't ready for that, who aren't, who aren't going to accept you for the awkward, inarticulate, whatever you, you're bringing to the table. Yeah. And they're not your people. That's fair. That's fair. I kind of love that. Um, okay. Anything else about that that you want to chew on? No, I think it'll come like, and, and if it doesn't, just embrace the awkwardness. That's okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I guess to kind of circle back, like, as a reminder for guys, especially guys who are, you know, tr- doing the work and trying to understand what it's like for women, maybe in a way for us, it's important to, for us to be as honest as we can be, as transparent as we can be. Yeah. Uh, uh, and and kind of let her figure out or bring that to her and see what she can do with that as opposed to you know gosh it's such a guy thing because in my head as as opposed to i was going to say as opposed to just understanding all of the context that she's dealing with and such a guy thing to do right to try to fix things right mm-hmm. there was a p- part of my brain that was like okay all i have to do is understand every societal pressure that she's experiencing <laughs> once i have that i can put it into this like matrix equation that I have, know where she is, and then I'll know when to kiss her. But no, yeah. I should I should just say, hey, I want to kiss you. Can we smooch? Yeah. Do it. Okay, that, that makes a ton of sense. Mm-hmm. Um okay, so can we pivot into into your dating experience? Because <laughs> sure. I think it's really interesting. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You can ask me anything. I love you're so game. I love it. Thank you. Um so yeah, first off, can I can I give you the mic to sort of give context on where you are now with your dating and how you're doing that? Because I think that's very cool. Yes. So I have been married for 19 years and about a year and a half ago, I asked my husband to open the marriage. Mm. And so I realized that I was polyamorous and have been uh, in an open-ish marriage since then and dated for a while and then found a partner in October of last year and decided to just have the two partners and that's where I'm at. <laughs> I think that's so cool. And I, you know, I just want to open up this with open this up with like, congrats, congratulations. That takes, I'm sure a lot of courage and a lot yes. of 
skillful, emotional, navigating a lot of things that can be, yeah. So that's yeah. awesome. Congratulations to both of you. That I think that just speaks volumes about having never met you in person and having not knowing your husband <laughs> at all. I think that speaks volumes about uh, where you guys are in the strength of your relationship. So yeah. that's amazing. Thank you. Um, but yeah, let's get into the juicy stuff. Let's talk about dating. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> So, so, you, so you mentioned last time at, at the recording that will never be heard um, uh, dating younger men, mm-hmm. um, and I, I would love to hear all about that. I, I have this kind of like, okay, I, I have this half baked theory, okay, that that there are, if, if there's four quadrants of like, quote unquote young men and women, whatever young means, and quote unquote older men and women, mm-hmm. whatever that means, I would put myself in older men. I'm 45 years old, so I would put myself over in older men, right? But I have this weird theory that like, because we live in a society where we value women for being young Mm -hmm. and we value men for being successful, you have a lot of those quote unquote younger women out in the dating market. And I think this is exacerbated by online stuff because it just throws us all in a database and like lets some algorithm question mark maybe, but Mm -hmm. just like lets the math like duke it out and figure out who wants to talk to who. But so you have a lot of quote unquote young women getting, I think, I think a ton of attention on Mm -hmm. the internet from would-be suitors. Um, And you have a lot of young men who uh, struggle uh, because they're they're maybe not able to come across as desirable um uh, uh again because I think society tells men they're desirable when they're successful right mm-hmm. among other things um and I think that leads to a lot of young men being very very frustrated with modern dating and there's, there's a whole rabbit hole there of things that are bad and then you have you know the older men and older women and the older men are often told that they are desirable because they have had more time to get further in their careers. Mm-hmm. And it's not everybody, but right, a lot of times we're told that men are attractive when they're driving a nice car, living in a nice place, sure. dressing, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think to, again, not all, but a lot of older women, I think we are horrible too. I think in a <laughs> lot of Western cultures, mm-hmm. we, right, uh, we, we sort of make older women, uh, older again, quote unquote, um, kind of invisible. Right. Like, yeah. So, so, okay. That's, and I, and I think it's horrible and I want that to change. Um, but I, I do kind of think that's some of the water that you swim in, in the dating market. Right. Um, I think that that, yes, that is the mentality that I had going into the dating market. hundred okay. percent. Tell me I'm wrong or I don't know. Tell me your experience. Yeah. Yeah. So when I started on the app, uh, I just did one app uh, and I was 39 at the time and I literally was like, I remember, I will never forget this. My guy friend who was also non-monogamous told me about it. And I was like, I don't know. Like, I don't think anybody's going to like, like me. Like, like there's, there's like no way. There's just no way. And he was like, Courtney, like, I think, I think you're going to be okay. And I, (laughs) so I was shocked. Like I was shocked by the amount of interest but I was most shocked by the amount of interest in men in their 20s. Hmm. Like I I remember the first few conversations I had with some of them. I was like, you know how old I am, right? And they're like, yeah, that's why I clicked on you. <laughs> I was like, what? They're like, I mean, not just your age, but like you're hot too. And I was like, what? Like it just, I was so, I know. You're like my mind was, well, thank, well, thank, that's very kind. Thank you. Um, and, but I was, 
my mind was so blown. Like I thought it was a fluke at first and then it just kept happening. And so then finally, at first I was like, I'm not interested. Like that I don't find, I, I cannot do that. And then like the numbers just kind of started like getting lower. And then the thing for me was the amount of respect that the young men had for me. So the men in their 20s, mm. I found were way more respectful than men in predominantly in their 30s. I was, they were, they had such an admiration, like admiration is the best word that I can use for me of being a mom, being an entrepreneur, like being successful. And they, they saw me as beautiful. Like, mm. lit, like they, I just, it still blows my mind sometimes. I'm like, but because I grew up in such a society where younger is better, younger, yeah. fitter, fertile, like those are the women that you desire. Like why you're desiring me? Like I got three kids. I have, you know, like I have wrinkles. I have like, my body is far from perfect. And they're like, yes, yes. All of those things. We love all of those things. And that just totally shifted something in how I saw myself and how I, it, like, I, I, can't, I don't even know how to explain it. It just was so fascinating to me. And so then I like started to dating men, like pretty much 10 plus years younger than me and I love loved it. Like it just, I don't even know how else to explain it. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. That's so cool. Okay. So can I ask, I mean, was, what do you think drives that? Like, which I love. I, I, is it because the younger generation is just being more respectful of other humans and they are seeing value in ways that defy kind of those like strict expectations I was talking about earlier? Or like, what's, are you just lucky? Are you finding the, the really <laughs> awesome young dudes in Germany? I mean, I, I did. I found some really great, my partner's amazing. Like he's 13 years younger than me. Like, and, awesome. but I mean, there's a couple of things. I think one, the the whole MILF, like porn thing, like I, I would be, uh, you know, like remiss to not acknowledge that, you know, that right. a lot of young men are exposed to that in their adolescence. And there's this sense of like, that's kind of weird, but also kind of hot, like this power dynamic and like, let me teach you and let me show you and let me guide you and a very nurturing. Um, that is very erotic for some young men. Uh, and then they kind of get kind of hooked on that. I think that there's also an element of just a natural attraction. Like if we really are honest with ourselves, like some people, you know, you're like, yeah, I really am attracted to, I have, I have girlfriends who are attracted to much older men than, than like our age, like in their late fifties. And to mm -hmm. me, I'm like, I don't find men that attractive, uh, I, but I'm on the opposite spectrum, right? I find men in their late twenties attractive. And so, mm -hmm. but nobody really gave us permission to talk about that or explore that attraction when we were growing up because it was like the whole point you find somebody within your age bracket whatever that is because that's a suitable partner or suitable mate and then you marry and then you grow old together and the end that's it like this idea mm -hmm. of being in a partnership with somebody because it fulfills your needs or desires or because you just really think they're hot like that's almost like a selfish greedy uh approach to relationships that nobody is telling anybody to be involved in. It's very much like society wants you to be in a partnership, procreate, stay monogamous, stay safe and die together. Mm -hmm. So I think that that there's an element of that as well. Um, hmm. But yeah, I think that this generation is really like they like ages. They're more, they're more 
willing to be attracted to the, the soul, the person, whether that comes in a male or female or non-binary body and whether yeah. that body is 20 or 10 or two years older than them. That's awesome. And that gives me hope. I think that's really cool. Yeah. I don't mm -hmm. know. Um, okay. So, do, okay. So uh, for any women out there uh, who are, you know, for any women out there who are trying to to date younger men, mm -hmm. do you have advice or pointers <laughs> or other pitfalls they should look out for? I mean, I think like just embrace it. Like, girl, like, yes, okay. Like, just do it. I think that it really kind of depends on, you know, this is something that like I have struggled too with in dating younger men is I, it's hard for me not to think long-term because again, that's how I grew up. Like there mm -hmm. is this relationship escalator. You meet, you fall in love, you get engaged, you get married, you have kids, you have a like family, you're together. And in non-monogamy, there is no relationship escalator per se. And so when I've dated younger men, it's like, you know, where's this going? What, how what, do you want kids? You know, cause a lot of, <clears throat> a lot of my girlfriends, like they're, for, they're, they're fixed. Like they're, they've had tubals or they've done permanent procedures. Like they can't have any more kids or they don't want any more kids. And so then it's the whole, okay, well, if I'm, even if they're monogamous, like if I'm dating this much younger man than me and I'm at a different phase of my life, is he going to give up that phase of his life to be a dad or in the traditional sense or whatever, just to be yeah. with me? And so that's kind of something to think about uh, in the conversations to have is, I mean, date to have fun. That's great. Like you don't have to date to for long term or for marriage or whatever. But I think that if you are dating for that and you find yourself like wanting to date younger men or attracted to younger men, that's that's a reality that you, you will have to face at some point. Mm. Yeah. Um, but that's fun. Are, are there, were there any, I don't want to say like horror stories, but did you have any, like any funny twists of fate while you were, while you were doing that? Oh, twists of fate. I'm trying to think. I guess um, I mean horror stories, you know, everybody oh, has their, like, <laughs> like really bad everyone stories. Everyone has their like, you know, the thing that was like, wow, I learned that lesson, you know? Okay. Oh my gosh. This is really embarrassing. Um, like I dated somebody very young. Like, I mean, like legal, like legal, okay. Legal people. <laughs> um, but I underestimated how young he looked in person. And like, I would like, I could like try not to look at him. Like I really try, I couldn't like look at him for most of the date because, and you know, later when we were doing things, because I just kept thinking like, oh my gosh, he looks so young. And I, so that was like a horse. That was really embarrassing. Um, so that was just like, that was just a thing you were feeling the whole date because Yes, you were, I was like, yeah. I, I didn't care what anybody else thought about us. Like, mm -hmm. he looked much younger than me. Um, and I, yeah, and that's one thing that I think is super cool. Like, I don't, none of the the guys in their 20s who I've dated have been embarrassed to be seen with me. I, I'm always like, do you, like, are you okay? And they're like, okay with what? I'm like, do you? Like if people stare at us, they're like, why would they stare at us? I'm like, because I look older than you. Like I am. And they're like, no, like I don't. What, what are you talking about? And so hmm. I think it's cool that, again, that younger generation just gives less shits about what other people think. And they're like, I'm happy. You're happy. What does it matter what other people think? Whereas I feel like I'm from a generation where image was a very big thing. And like, you don't, we don't share too much information, but like, and we want 
people to think like that we, our marriage is good and we look happy and everything's great. And so. That's interesting. So I would say, I mean, just from, just from our talks, I would say that I come from kind of a similar upbringing, right? Image focused. And like, I, I would, um, uh, I probably, honestly, I probably would feel self-conscious if I was on a date with a woman. I mean, just being bluntly honest, yeah. I probably would feel self-conscious if I was on a date with a woman who looks 15 years or 13 years older than me. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, and I, in my dating experience, um, I, I've had women who were, were a, a much younger than me, uh, who wanted to date who then felt like the age or, or who, who would would like highlight the age like it would be it would be a topic it would be a thing that would be there um and like in a negative way like it, it was it, it, for me it ended up being something that's like well you know this is either this is something that she's into because um I I don't know. It was I, I would say like it's something that got in the way of us connecting. It, it was a topic that would keep coming up or something that would be keep being highlighted, and you know, out on that date, I began to feel like uh, I'm thinking of like one woman in particular, but like I would begin to feel like okay, this person uh, isn't comfortable dating me because I'm older, mm. um, even though she's here and she keeps wanting to go out again. It, it's like something that's like hanging over it, and, and, and I think. I think most, hmm, and maybe it's just the circles that I'm dating in, or, or the cities that I'm in, or whatever. But like, I I do, I feel like there are women who are willing to match with me and chat with me and go out on a first date, who are much younger, but they're not really, or it doesn't, and maybe it's just me. Maybe maybe I just wasn't their cup of tea, <laughs> but like it it didn't feel like they were like ready to connect with someone who was much older. They wanted to match with and go out on a a date with someone who was much older. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. I think that's the same with older women too. Like I I definitely got the, like, I just want to fuck you. Like I have no interest in, like, I just want the MILF experience. Like literally, like that's what they would say. They're like, I just want to like, like just fuck a MILF. (laughs) That's pretty much it. And so again, I appreciate the honesty, but for me, like that's not what I was interested in. You know, there may be some older women who just want to bang a bunch of 20 year old guys. That's totally fine. Good for them. That was not my focus. So I tended, tended to not attract and date those kind of men. I think for me, the biggest issue, like I think of some of the conversations and the, really the only time (laughs) that age other than my friends making fun of me about dating younger men um, (laughs) is like the issue of when it came up in our, my conversation with the guy that I was dating was the fact that he didn't feel comfortable telling his parents or telling his friends about me Mm. because like, you know, it's not, I mean, I think as a, as a mom, like if my son came home and was like, you know, he's 25 and he's like, Hey mom, I'm dating this like 40 year old. Like, I mean, also the fact that I'm married, like that's a whole other layer of it. But the fact that even if I wasn't married, I think that for a lot of men, it, there's that I'll date you and I'll sure shit will fuck you. But like, will I take that next step and like talk about you to my friends or to my family? Like, I don't know. And for me, I was like, hey, I'm not looking for casual. So like if I'm going to be your dirty little secret, I'm not interested. 
in, yeah. in that. And so I think that, again, that's something that like, older women have to take into consideration is what's the confidence and comfort level of the 20 something year old. And is that important to you that the, that the close people in his life know that you exist? Yeah. Okay. So to take like a, 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 a hard zoom out here, that just touched on something that I, that I would be interested to hear your take on. Um, right. Like a, a lot of, a lot of what is in your book, bringing it back to not tonight, honey, everybody go buy it. Um, <laughs> You know, a, a lot of a lot of these pressures that 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 make women feel out of touch with their sexuality or their desire, um, like uh, uh, oh, how am I going to say this? Like these guys not feeling comfortable talking to their people, their parents, their friends mm-hmm. about dating an older woman or dating an older polyamorous woman, right? A lot, like like if they were, presumably, if they were dating somebody who was quote unquote age appropriate, whatever that means, mm-hmm. or in a type of relationship that those that 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 is quote unquote traditional, right? Mm-hmm. It's we we might assume that those folk, those guys would have an easier time telling their people about it. I wonder if like you know, t- to me, I, I think I want a future society where we're so much more comfortable being okay with our loved ones having all different kinds of sexual desires and romantic mm-hmm. ways to meet their romantic needs, right? Yeah. And, and I wonder, like a lot of what you talk about for women is like, um, uh, not necessarily purity culture, but like the dirty little secret. This, When you said dirty little secret, that's kind of what sparked this in my mind. Like w- what's going on where we're like keeping so much of our romantic lives secret like maybe maybe there's like a line between secret and personal right I, I would say about myself that I'm actually very like a private person with my sexuality like I do like keeping mm-hmm. my sexual life private um, and for me that's just well I'm sure a lot of that is a product of how I was raised yada 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 <laughs> but right um but like I, I I don't really know what I'm getting at here but right there's this tension between between what any individual person genuinely might desire or crave or want to feel connected, to feel whole, to have those needs met, not to feel whole, but to have those needs met, right? Mm -hmm. And when that doesn't fit with what we see as sort of like the societal norm, um, there's a lot of, a lot of damage gets done there. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. I think, you know, it it was interesting because my partner was, um, he's Moroccan. And so he comes from a very conservative background. And he was out with a friend last night who's also Moroccan. And this friend does not know I exist. (laughs) So Uh I kind of made a passive aggressive comment about that. Um, But, Uh Uh you know, he, he said that he kind of like, he brought up the conversation of like, well, what do you think about polyamory? And, And my partner's monogamous. So it's, it's interesting, but he, the guy was like, oh, like, I don't care, like, as long as it doesn't affect me. And he's like, well, what do you think? How do you think it would be in Morocco? And he's like, oh, no, it would never fly in Morocco. And he's like, yeah, I just, I don't think it's okay or whatever. And he's like, wait, you just said that if it didn't affect you, it wouldn't be a big deal. And the reason why I brought that up is because, to be honest, all the people that I've come out to, uh, in terms of, you know, being non-monogamous, like, nobody cares. Mm -hmm. They just are like, oh, good for you. Okay, what are, what else is going on in your life? And it, as long as it's like ethical and consensual, like it's it amazes me how a lot of people really just do not care. 
And not saying that there aren't, you know, groups of people that do, because there definitely are. I just have not had that experience. But um, I I hope, like I had a friend recently come out to me and and she and her husband are non-monogamous. And that was huge. Like the fact that they shared that, like, I I was like, I'm the only one here. Like no one around me is like me. And so that felt Mm. really good because they felt safe because I was honest with them that they were able to then, you know, months later be honest with me. And I think that that's really how we start to destigmatize things is when we're honest with other people and we really don't care what they think. I, I mean, that that's, yeah. Yeah, like the the ability to be honest with each other, to be seen as we are by, I mean, both our romantic partners, but I think in this case we're talking about like our peers, right, mm-hmm. friends, family. I I I think when I was younger, um, and because I grew up in you know liberalish cities, right, I, I I had friends and people who were all kinds of interesting, quote unquote, non traditional, mm-hmm. amazing people. And I think when I was younger, when I bumped into people who were who were polyamorous or non-monogamous my initial impulse was to like defend why i am monogamous mm. right there was like a like e- even the proposal that like because i am in many ways the the quote unquote norm or like the traditional yeah. default or whatever when i when someone just like was near me and just showed me the possibility that like hey uh, uh you don't have to be that way right you you could be a gay man you could be a bi man yeah. you could be polyamorous yeah. i experienced like 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 a, t- a tiny little klaxon going off in my head being like wait am i those things i need to figure that out right now but first i need to tell this person why it's okay that i am the way i am right right and and i think and that's a very like uh I mean, in a way, silly, but like, I, 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 I do think, in a way, for the the cishet monogamous people, uh, uh, you can, the, the, and especially in certain circles, in certain cultures, you can go a really, really long time without anybody even questioning, even proposing to you the concept that, like, the thing that you assume you are might not be, might not be what that is, you know, and like, I think. You know, and it happens all the time that people discover late in life that they are, um, or at any point later, like you, you don't always come out when you're, you know, 12 or, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, anyway, I, I guess I don't know where I'm going with that, but like, <laughs> I, it's, it's a tricky thing. Um, and, and it's, it's not clear to me, um, that there's any sort of pathway to a better future, except for just like slowly step-by-step step, doing the work of, you know, meeting people who aren't like you and being okay with it and A, making it okay for people around you to be who they are and B, being okay with being who you are. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's normal to question, like that's something I know my husband did. He was like, wait, am I non-monogamous? Wait, am I, am I, do I want this? Do I want what she wants? And like, ultimately, no, he doesn't. Like that's not, and that's okay. I think it's normal to question. um, And I think, I would encourage people to question and not just accept the default because, but, and not necessarily feel defensive about it to be like, huh, that's, I wonder, like, do I, am I just accepting this because that's the story that I've been told that I'm supposed to, you know, the fairy tale that I'm supposed to follow. And that's okay if it is, but if it's not like, I want to feel like I have the permission and the courage to, to decide and to go after the things that do make me feel my most authentic self. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I guess, I mean, to, we're getting, we've, we've been talking for a minute here um, to kind of circle it back to not tonight, honey. I think that's a lot mm-hmm. about what your, um, your practice, because you also do uh, uh, coaching for small groups and people. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and, and what the book's about is, is right. Like finding ways to find and be your authentic self, which I think is really awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and yeah, as a as a dude, as a cishet dude, I I I do get a lot out of the book because yeah, like I always say, I I I I think it's so valuable to understand what it's like for especially in relationships. I think it's so valuable for dudes to understand what it's like for women and for women to understand what it's like for dudes. You yeah, know, and that that's very kind of hetero exclusive, but you know what I mean? Like yeah. yeah. Yeah, just um, to have compassion for the person and like understand the pressures. I think sometimes I get frustrated at my partners for not understanding like the pressures that I have as a woman, but then I also forget like what it's like for them. And I, I think we just need to give more grace to one another and to have more compassion and and really be each other's champion and and also, you know, ask for what we need as well. Like it's it's a very delicate balance. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. Thank you so much for your time. I really Thank enjoyed you. both of our conversations, <laughs> even though one of them will never be heard. It's okay. Um, and I'm so happy that you're out there doing what you're doing. Um, Thank you. If anything ever pops up and you're like, oh, I want to go talk to that Scott weirdo about this, <laughs> please let me know. Okay. Um, I love these condos. And I'm, yeah, me I'm too. always interested to talk to folks about about, about this stuff because, um, yeah, I, I I I just think I think these conversations are important. I'm, I'm so happy there's experts like you out there writing books and, and providing support to people. But also I really enjoy just sort of being like an amateur and just trying to have the conversation because I think, um, yeah, I, I think there's a lot of dudes out there who, um, who, who, who like, I think on some level really want to, but don't really know how. So I appreciate you having this yeah. talk with me and kind of showing me how to have this talk. And, um, I hope people got a lot out of this talk. Thank you. Me combo. too. I loved it. Thanks Scott. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, Well, yeah, I guess let's wrap it up there. Have a good night. Thank you. Okay. Yeah, so that was my chat with um, Courtney Boyer. Um, uh, Courtney, thank you so much for taking the time twice (laughs) to hop on a pod with me um, and have two great conversations, um, only one of which we got to bring to the audience here. Um, Thank you, audience, for listening, uh, for sticking with me. Um, uh, And yeah, I hope you really, really... uh, uh, got something out of that conversation um courtney's book is called not tonight honey you can get it wherever you get books i'll put a link in the show notes um uh and the link to where you can find more information uh, yeah about courtney and what she does um yeah uh, uh yeah as always you can find me on um, instagram at wish you all the best pod um, if you want to reach out uh via email uh it's wish you all the best pod gmail.com um yep always interested to hear uh what you think if you want to come on the show and if you have an opinion if you think i'm right if you think i'm wrong anything you want to say uh, uh um i like having these conversations obviously um so yeah thank you again to courtney uh and thank you again to all of you for listening um and yeah i will catch you next time <laughs>